it's just all about finding out what's happening and you know, is this the right button and yep. you know, this roll is, the dice basically. This is my roadcaster, so just make sure you're not playing the tech tech guide stings. They're a lot hipper and cooler than the I'm prepared to just roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> People will think they've tuned into to Tech Guide and think well, we've what already the confused hell, enough people. What the hell is Tech Guide doing? We've yeah, no, within our feed, you two mean? people. <laughs> yeah, but the, our feed's gone. It's a lot of people are discovering, like um, um, Luke, the camo from Current yep. Affair. He goes, oh, I was listening to the Fifth Element um, movie podcast. I'm thinking, look at this, it's working. People are exposed to our stuff now. That's it. Yeah, that was the whole theory. Yeah, and oh, I've got no doubt. And I'm quite happy for people to unsubscribe from my individual feed if this yeah. is just easier. Yeah, totally fine as long as you're listening. Um, yeah. And if and I'll, we'll make one last plea, one last call out. It, if you're not a fan, articulate yeah. that to us in an email, not as yeah. a three star review, your dog. <laughs> yeah, so <saw> that one. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, come on. We're pretty easy to get in touch yeah. with, aren't we? Yes, we are. We've had. I know, I know I am. Out of the thousands of of known listeners, yep. we've had two suggest that they didn't like it. One said he didn't like it, but he found a way around it, and yep. one gave it a hater for three stars. Yeah, right. Um, which did. I'm just going to be honest. It how, disappointed me greatly. How? Well, how would that? If that was a, if that was a child who'd been done something, I'd be like, you've disappointed me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Go stand in the corner. Yeah, go stand in the corner. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I understand. Um. Oh, so well. you know, I, you can't please everyone all the time, Trip. Yeah. I'm happy with how it's going. I like the fact that our shows are being exposed yeah. to our our most loyal of audiences yeah, are, are being exposed to our shows. We're talking about our individual shows here too, so that's what we're talking yeah. about. Because yeah. we our two blokes stuff goes through our movie podcast, the two uh, the two blokes private two blokes, and um, yeah, but it's good to see that people are discovering. Yeah. It's discovery, isn't it? Um, These are what I talk about on Apple Music and Spotify. Discovery, yeah, of so new artists. Oh, I see two blokes as a channel. Yeah. Right. Yep. I see two blokes as a channel, yep. and you've now got a bunch of content, enough content to it's get you river. through five it's days a river. of a week, basically. It's a river of money. And you know what? <laughs> we could do more. Yeah. There's nothing really? to stop us doing more. Want to do there? another one? <laughs> Want to do something else? What do we mean? We'll do a golf podcast. No. You reckon? Definitely not. Golf podcast would be awesome. That's a whole new. So we've we've tapped, give you- we've tapped tech. We've tapped movies. We've got to tap sport. We get the the the, the trifecta. It's That'd not. Be it's funny. Not a t- That'd be funny. I reckon it'd be funny. Um, you know, a, another what do they call them? Tent pole. Another silo. Vertical, another vertical. 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 That's. I'm, I'm pointing in the air, not saying the word vertical. Another this vertical. Is so corporate speak, isn't could, it? Could be. Are we going to move forward and touch you know, base? And there's not. There's not too many people with our level of knowledge about EVs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that, right. And given well, yeah. we've done it every week probably yeah. for, for two years, we could easily do that as a as a semi regular show. You know? Yeah, we're, we're for sure. Monthly, something like that. So absolutely, there's possibilities. If you've got cash, we're willing to do it. <laughs> <laughs> totally but, um, right. We will talk for money. Is that right? I I just say for the last time because we've been doing this essentially as a trial for for a few yeah. weeks. This is about the third week Mate, of it. The numbers have been great. The numbers yeah, are great. It's really good. Um, I'm I I'm I'm quite happy to lose audience on my EFTM. Feed. Have you noticed that? I've noticed yeah. a slight dip I'd, in I'd my say, I'd say fifteen percent, twenty percent. I've noticed a bit better about that as well. Yeah. And but the the gain is yeah. is ninety to one hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like people discovering your show. But you know what? Do us a favour though. Go and subscribe on our own channels, but hey, no, that's just be, confusing. You reckon? Yeah. Because uh, they're going to get, get it twice. Yeah, going to get it twice. All right. I've got to be greedy then, did I? Yeah, I think you're getting greedy. I I am prepared to give it another week, and if we're inundated. Yeah, with people saying no, 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 stop. Yeah, then we will contemplate stopping. But you've got to understand from our perspective, um, this is about numbers. It's a numbers game. We we get yeah. asked every day from 
clients, yeah. sponsors, everyone, you know, what are the numbers on this? What are the numbers on that? Yep. I'm sorry, folks, it is a numbers game. And this helps us because yeah. we can say there's X number and, and it's a bigger well, number this way. I'm, it's like uh, the, the, the example I'll use, it's like we've got our own little channels for Tech Guide. You get your own little channel for EFGM. Two Blokes is its own bigger channel yeah. that's got a lot higher ratings. Yeah. So that's why we're putting our little shows on this bigger channel because yeah. it's getting more eye, more ear, more eardrums. Yeah. So and it's working, it's good. And and there's the feedback I gave you, people saying to me, oh, "I heard your podcast," and I went, "Oh, yeah. I assumed it was the one, our one." And they go, "No, no, your one, your tech guide one." I'm like, yeah. and the skip, movie one. Skip it if you don't want it. Yeah. And as I've said last week, if you're on the tech guide and you get that on a Monday. And you've listened to it on Monday, Monday night, Tuesday morning, and yeah. you see it again on Tuesday. Skip just, it. Just ignore it. Yeah. Just skip it. That's fine. Or, you don't. Or, or listen to it again. It's beautiful. Or you can do time. that. <laughs> um, it's totally easy with a podcast just to skip and, yeah, and exactly. go past. Exactly uh, right. Yeah, it just comes up if you depending on how you listen. To it, it just comes up on your list. Like if I subscribe to a few other podcasts and yeah. I see, oh, hang on, there's a new show. And then in our case, it'd be this. There's a new show every day. Your yeah. one, my one, movie and, podcast. And the thing is, I would I would say to you, Spotify is probably the better platform of them all because it actually shows the cover art for the show as opposed yeah. to the channel. Um, whereas when you're listening to the EFTM podcast in the Two Blokes feed, it's the Two Blokes cover art. It's a bit stupid on Apple yeah. podcasts. Um, Although I changed, like, you know, in, in yeah, but it only, it only appears, I changed it myself. It only appears in Spotify. Ah. Yeah, I've done that for all of them, yes. but it only appears in upload, Spotify. Upload the thumbnail. It only appears in Spotify. Okay. Okay. Why, was it, why would Apple... Get, get, it's get a complicated story. I'm talking it's to something, it's about. It's a whoosh could have to be. Hey, get, what's yeah. it? Rob, Rob, Rob Lowenthal's on the case, mate. I don't know they're on the case, but um, they're across. Should I call them too then, mate? Do it to really you think that'll help? Who knows? Go for it. Yeah. Um, okay. Bottom line, we're really, I'm really kind of pumped by the yeah the scale of the channel we've created and yep. and what it allows us to do. Because, you know what, there's a lot of people out there who all they do is podcasts. Yeah. And all they do is YouTube. Like we do YouTube, we do podcasts, and we got sites. So this this is we're, yeah. we're pulling all the levers of all the content we're producing. Here. And just the other thing before we get into the show, uh, and we did you if you were listened if you download any of the shows on kind of Sunday Monday, you might have heard this, seen this. The other part of the channel thing is it allows us to push uh, potentially pre roll ads that that we control. Yes, yes. Um, and you know we might we might sell them. I'll be honest, we we might be yep. able to sell ads da 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 across shows. But um, for those that did uh, hear an offer early in the week. It was a valid offer. It was available. Yeah. But it went off. Just got out of hand. It eh? went nuts. Just kidding, um, yeah. And it went way past the podcast audience. And yeah. um, we'll work with our great sponsors to find great ways to offer yeah. things. Um, and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, bring more great offers to people over yeah. the course of the months and years ahead. Absolutely right. We do love you sponsoring, supporting the sponsors who support us. Yeah. It, it is a... And it is great. I remember Netgear showed me a, a review. Someone left it on the JB Hi-Fi saying, oh, here's something that Stephen Fennec recommended on Tech Guide, mm. Netgear product. And yeah, that's, that's, that's good to know that, that people are taking our yep. advice. Spot yep. on. All right, well, let's roll the dice and see if I push the button right and um, what happens uh, when we do this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Stephen didn't have faith in me there. Stephen didn't have faith <laughs> that I'd gone to the trouble of well, configuring the roadcast. I, I know you're a professional, mate. You wouldn't have let that Appreciate step. your support. Episode 513 <laughs> of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo for all your home networking solutions, Wi-Fi and the like. 
Look up Netgear and support them. And if you're looking for home security cameras, uh, Arlo've got you covered. And it is Black Friday coming up, so there's plenty of uh, good deals to be had around the interwebs and in stores too. And you'll find pretty much most of those deals and things for Arlo, Netgear and everyone else will actually kick off this weekend. So worth shopping around as of pretty much now. Stephen, Google went to a lot of trouble this week um, to gather many, many media and uh, host of virtual press conferences and all that stuff and open their new offices, and they had the Prime Minister there. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I was like, what are they announcing? So we, did, they, did they have people there? Was it was there some yeah, media Cameras there? and stuff, yeah, yeah. Cameras, right. Um, do you, pretty much you, do you TV go? media. No. Yeah. Mate, I didn't even watch the announcement because well, we, we, I, I, I didn't even know it was on. I wasn't invited. I knew about it, but yeah. I I was talking to the boys at EFTM about it, and we were suggesting it was going to be Google Stadia, the, their online cloud uh, gaming service, Yep, because that was the only thing left to announce for uh-huh. Australia. It was yeah. like a big announcement for Australia. Well, it Scott, felt like that was what Scott it was going to be. Scott would be turned up for that, would he? Well, no. We didn't, <laughs> at the time, we didn't know oh, right, ScoMo okay. was going to be there yeah, and stuff. Yeah, okay. um, but it turned out to be a billion-dollar investment in Australia. Now, I'm going to straight off the bat tell you that I'm a tiny bit sceptical about this. Um, I'm always sceptical about companies committing monies over a long period of time. So this is four years, five years, mm-hmm. billion dollars. So call, call it $250 million a year. Let's just call it that for now. Um, But it's not like they're just, you know, handing it out to people. They're actually, firstly, investing in themselves. Mm. So investing in Google Research Lab in Australia, which is like saying we're going to expand our business and we're going to put the the budget line that we've put in our corporate budget for it. Oh, it's going to cost $200 over four years. Let's put that against the commitment we're making making to Australia. So it sounds good, right? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just... Yeah, no, it was good. You're investing in in Google Australia. They're investing in Google Australia in a big part. But there is some big stuff they're doing. So they're opening up that kind of... That arm that they're they're creating, the Google Research Labs, to Australian organisations like the CSIRO to work with them on advanced technologies and future technologies. Because you know what? We invented Wi-Fi. Exactly. We, we don't get a lot of credit for so it. So it's like they're they're partnering with like cutting edge research and organisations. So I think the whole the bottom line is yes, we're going to advance our sort of tech status, but yep. also too it, it's about and that's why ScoMo was there. It's about building this sort of digital economy, you know, a robust digital economy that'll take us into the future. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting how they've done this and <clears throat> getting getting him down there. What he was at their Piermont headquarters, wasn't he? Down I, there the other I don't day. know if it was the the standard yeah. Piermont one or whether it's a new one they've got because but, they're. Open their fourth yeah, office. Or something yeah, like they that. have. Yeah, but you mentioned like the Google is like Australian technology. You mentioned we invented Wi-Fi. Like we invented a lot of other things too. Like the with the, the black box flight recorders, yeah. Aussie invention. The the cochlear implant. Yes. Um. The the I think the electric drill was even an Australian invention. Well, we know the Victor Moore was the Hills Hoist. I That's mean, there's right. some great things. Not but, all but of them even, technology related. But <laughs> even on the Google side, a lot of people don't realise Google Maps. Google Maps was built, he created. I was Sydney. having I was having yeah. this conversation with uh, a producer at the Today Show because I'm going to do this on Saturday. And I'm like, she was like, how can we do this story? And I said, well, look, to be honest, it's a pretty straight back, you know, here's what they're doing. I said, but you could also throw in the fact that, you know, this this is a company that actually does have some heritage in Australia. Google Maps was created was in Australia. Yeah, and I right. think we, we lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. It's an awesome thing for, like, that's fantastic. That's, that's a, a daily ba- badge of honour, mate. That's the, a badge of honour for Google Australia. Absolutely. Whether it's Google Maps, the app, or the back-end maps that power other apps, yeah. we're using that. Daily, almost. Yeah. There was an economist who did some analysis about the what Google investment, mm. and they naturally offered this up, this information. And the, he claims, this guy's name's Henry Ergus. Ergie! Uh, from, from Green Square Associates. Oh, mate, Ergs. He said that Google's Digital Future Initiative, which is what it's called, could support, and he, I like how he didn't sort of 
give a round number. He actually specified could support five th- 6,529 new jobs, new direct jobs, and 28,057 total jobs across Australia and deliver $1.259 billion in direct investment and $6.716 billion in total economic impact. He's not, he's not a rounding up sort of guy, is he? He doesn't round no. up. And, exactly but I think what's cool about it is this is what you do need, and governments need this too, because you need to understand the impact of commitments yeah. on the overall economy. Now, you've got to spend money to make money, though, and, and yeah, Mate, that's, yeah. there's no doubt that's true, especially yeah. in this space. When it comes to innovation, you have to spend, like Apple spends money on yeah. products that will never see the light of day. Yeah. Imagine they research must, and development. Yeah. They must have a, oh. a building somewhere. Imagine with just stuff in, in that room. I'll tell yeah. you what else. Wouldn't yeah. you love to go to America, to England and see the Dyson car prototype, which they shelved? Yeah. You know, wow. we're going to do this thing. No, we're not going to do it. They but pulled the pin late be somewhere. That, right? Absolutely, there'd be a there'd be a working prototype. There'd somewhere. be something somewhere. I think James Dyson must be driving it around. He put put a different shell on it. <laughs> yeah. Now the elephant in the room here is look. It's suspicious timing, given only a year ago there was this big head-to-head battle, Google, Facebook versus the government. Um, This is all of them kissing and making up, and, you know... The timing is is interesting, for sure. I like how Mel Silver's here, all happy as Larry, shaking hands with Scott Morrison, and then a year ago she was up in front of the ACCC saying... What are you trying to do? She's probably yeah. like, so let's let's <laughs> just we're gonna we're gonna spend this money here. You know what? Let's ring Scomo and tell him we're spending it because of him. That'll that'll get him on side. Yeah. Um. And that's the that's <laughs> the skeptic of, of, of me that that looks at this and yeah. goes, what does it really isn't, mean? Isn't there another little thing going on with the ACCC and um, them being the default search engine? Yeah. The like, ACCC ha- is just how do you non-stop. wind that back? How do you wind that back? It, you know, like I've it, said, apparently it's worth like Google does a deal with Apple yeah. to make the Google the default search engine on their phone, on yeah. iPhone. Do you know how much they pay per year for that right? Billions. $8 billion US yeah. a year for that right. Yeah. That's how much it's worth. Yeah. Wow. That's how that's how important a it is year. That's that they're able year. to serve those ads. Yeah, there you go. And, and well, I think yeah. we lose sight of that fact sometimes. And, yeah. you know, there is all this monopolistic stuff that people talk about. There's, um, like, oh, I remember... When Microsoft was being taken to court over antitrust because of Internet Explorer, they created this awesome browser that was yeah. so much better than Netscape. Yes, um, I remember starting with Netscape, and then I yeah. don't think I went. I went straight from Netscape to I think the first Safari is what I went. Oh wow, you're a bit yeah. of a Mac man. See, I, yeah. I mate in the early days, I was there was this program, and this is before really the Internet of Scale, but the Internet Explorer early days, there was this program where you as an in as a company could essentially Download Internet Explorer, brand it as your own, and then be the distributor of it. So you'd be like uh, a server host for it. Yeah. And I there was a Candela version of Internet Explorer oh. or whatever it was called back in the day, which if you downloaded it from me, it had like my logo on it and stuff like that. This is oh, like wow. in 1996, hey, You could 7. have been a tech billionaire, mate. You could have been buying the shares in the Rabbitohs, mate. <laughs> All right, man. There's no need to. There's no need to kick me while I'm down. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it's um, it, it's Netscape, just fascinating. That's what I had. Yeah. It's just fascinating that Microsoft got just absolutely hammered yeah. over their exclusivity of this browser and stuff. Whereas now we live in this world where it is pretty much yeah. default on so many things, you know, when you install What's an iPhone. Edge, edge is the browser. Oh, yeah, but when you open up an iPhone, yeah. it's just Safari's Safari there. You don't get the get. choice of yeah, yeah. when you start an iPhone up, it doesn't, you know, and ask you all those questions. It doesn't say which browser do you want to use. Yeah. It just does it, right? I like how when you download Chrome and Firefox, 
it always pops up. Do you want to make this your default browser? It asks the question. Please, 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 please tick the box. Please, mate. Yeah, and I just see, don't show again. I'm, I use Windows computer pretty regularly, and every now and then I open up Edge so that I can see my website or you know check that it all looks all right. Yeah. And it goes, well, do you want to make me default? I'm like, <laughs> I've used you once in a month. Why bother asking? Yeah, okay? Yeah, just, That's just not what I'm here be, for. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think that, it's yep. awesome. Um, the there's or, there's talk about like what they're already doing with the CSIRO. They're they're working on some um, some underwater stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff they're already working on in artificial intelligence with the CSIRO and all these great things. So, you know, but, it's but clearly then, going somewhere. There's no doubt about that. Then a couple of days later, not even that, a day later, we see uh, ScoMo announcing all these different investments in all these different technologies. So he's on a bit of a technology spin at the moment, isn't he? Like he was doing like a few weeks ago, he was talking about EVs and, and infrastructure, and yep. now, now he's doing talking with Google. Now he's also talking about investing in like 65 different types of technologies, including quantum technology, autonomous driving, all these other things. AI, machine learning, blockchain, yeah. 5G, but 6G. You, you think about it. I use the example. Like this is a good idea, right? This and yeah, you know, it's is an election coming up, right? So he sort of this is the foundation of his of his campaign, sure, right? Yeah. But the thing with this, him offering, I think it was in the last budget or the one before that, where there was all these allocations to different technologies. Right. You think about what that could do to not only the industry but also to Australia. Like I'll, I'll go back to the example of the US and the PC, the birth of the PC, right? Yep. So there's Bill Gates, there's Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs, and the PC was initial was essentially a US product. It was a US invention. Yeah. And they ran the table because of that initial interest and investment. So imagine if Australia gets a, a, like a leg up in one of these areas and we run the table yeah. in, that, in that particular field. Imagine if Australia is like an authority on artificial intelligence or machine learning or quantum technology. I think that that's if these investments could potentially can maybe tap that. Yeah, I think potentially. And I think that the point is we need to have our toe in the water. Yeah, totally right. Um, you can't win a game you don't play. Because, and the other part about this is is retaining talent. You know, you've got really smart kids growing up, going to uni, doing great things. Yep. And they're being drawn to Silicon Valley or other places in the world. You've got to find the places for them to work, whether it's a Google Research Lab or the CSIRO who has a grant from Google or something like that. Yep. You need them to know that they can work here and be at the forefront of innovation. Absolutely right. And I know yeah. it, it kind of sounds that's, weird that's for prestigious. It becomes prestigious to be to work here, to do that's stuff right. here. That's good. That's what you want. And that's why people, a lot of people think, you know, why should governments be involved in this? But we just lose talent. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. It's not like we don't want our kids to go and, and be successful elsewhere. But absolutely. If yeah. they can be successful here. Of course. Even more so, right? And I mentioned too, like the, the importance of having a strong digital economy. Mm. Is that That's... that's you think about technology is going to be everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah. And in the future, that's only going to be even more prevalent, right? So having having a good, strong digital economy is going to help all of us in the long run. I Look, as I said early on, I don't see the story in this announcement, but I understand the importance of it, if you like. Do you know what I mean? No, I, of course, yeah. It's an important investment yeah. in Australia. It's important that we have that kind of push and injection of funding, um, not just at Google and ensuring that Google – because you've got to remember – and it's about our next topic as well. We'll talk about Amazon. But, yeah. you know, f- Google thriving means jobs because Google yeah. employs people here, thousands Absolutely of people. Absolutely right. And that's, that's why they have four offices because yeah. they fill them up. Well, that's sort of part of the digital economy play, isn't it? Like not only the generating revenue but also creating opportunities for the people. Is, is Australia, Sydney, New South Wales or Victoria anywhere becoming the next Silicon Valley? No, not right now. And nor should we aspire to that because I think it's actually not the right thing to be talking about. It's, it's not about having a place where everything happens. It's yeah. more about just being a country 
that supports innovation, yeah, pays well. It's having that culture. If we've got that culture of innovation, and that that, that like just like the you, you think of San Francisco, that, that that's the culture there. It's all about startups and new tech stuff. Yeah, we want that culture here too. Yeah, yeah, and we want the people in that field to be paid well, to be you know challenged and rewarded in the same way they yeah. would be if they're over there. Completely. And hopefully that's what this kind of commitment from both Google and the government um, actually does for Australia and the future generations. Uh, you can read more about that at techguide.com.au and uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, you can email us both. You can uh, hit us up on social media. You'll find us everywhere across the interweb. Well, Amazon Robotics Fulfillment Centre is uh, nearly nearly open, isn't it? So how long has it been? 17 months since start Mate, to finish? It's they start. They turned yeah. the first soil here. They started laying concrete in June last June. year. <laughs> wow. That's just That's over fast. a year. And this wow. thing is friggin' enormous. Yes, it's the size. They reckon it's the size of Taronga Zoo. So it's 200,000 square metres across four levels. The equivalent of 24 football fields. That's big. That's oh, massive. That's large. It's four levels of that yeah. as well. It's not just, you know, a big, big building. Like, it's funny, when you drive out to this area and you've been out there, it's it's just warehouses, right? It's just big, bloody buildings after big, bloody buildings. And they look, when they put them up, they look like just farm sheds on a grand scale, right? Yeah. Big formwork and, and metal roofs. And it's funny because there's this little one being built next door and you're like, that's a huge warehouse. And imagine owning, like, being the one... <laughs> You're gonna. This is gonna, you're gonna go check out the warehouse for the first time, and you drive in, and then you peek around the corner, and you see this thing. It's like it's like being in a seven four seven, and then seeing the whatever that thing is, the the star destroyer sitting <laughs> yeah. next to it, right? It's just like this just is massive, enormous, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and it's phenomenal how big this place is. The four levels, the the bottom level, um, is entirely about the packing and sorting of the products to be dispatched. Right. The next three levels above is just where all the stuff is stored. And I right. think what this is is a step forward for Amazon. Now, you, like this time last year, went and saw their fulfillment centre... Um, in Moorbank. In Moorbank, which yep. is essentially a whole bunch of bookshelves. Yeah. I'm just going to dumb it down, right? A whole bunch of bookshelves in a big room. People uh, with trolleys going around, grabbing stuff off the bookshelves and yep. taking them to people who then pack them into orders, right? Yep. This, these three levels in this kind of cage, it's just a big cage in the middle of the thing, of all these pods, and the pods are the bookshelves, think of them that way, and all the stuff is, is in them, but they just sit there in stacked together in rows of three so and tight, four they're wide. they're tight because you don't need a human to run There's in between no them. human. The, these yeah. robots just glide underneath them like robot vacuums, and then they, they lift them up. Yep. They bring the shelf back to a bay where someone picks out the item, yeah. puts it in a tote and it goes downstairs and it gets distributed to someone who will then put it in a box. Because like previously, and part of what I did at Moorbank was there's a human where they see their pick order so they've got to go do the pick and the, the, because everything has been scanned so then you know where everything is on every shelf, it actually maps out for them. You've got to go D, row C, yep. then yep. go D so they know the way. So now what you're saying is the, the robot brings the shelf to the yep. person now. See now when they said to me come and look at our robotic warehouse when you go um, and we walked in, walked in the door, and it's just lockers. And I went, so is this like a parcel pickup area where, you know, humans can come and pick up their parcels? And they go, that's for the staff. I went, there's 2,500 lockers here. Like, they had numbers on them. <laughs> and they go, yeah, we'll employ f- more than 1,500 people here. And I went, yeah, well, oh, right. Yeah. You know, because I went in thinking yeah, this yeah. was their robotic warehouse. Yeah. But it's fascinating. When you p- click 
and between you clicking and then coming to your home, there's like five, six, seven different people. There's four people that yeah. will touch your item just at the warehouse. Yeah. Because what happens is you click your order and the shelf gets delivered to a to a bay. And from then on, it's human. Yeah. A human picks it out of the shelf, yeah. puts it in a tote. It goes down a conveyor belt. It gets picked out by another human and put into like a little PO box. And then another human on the other side picks out that little thing, puts it in a box, yeah, and then it, it gets sent off. Yeah, it's, I remember doing that. It's oh, a I huge actually, human process. I packed the box myself last year. Yeah, when I did it, and um, so the, so the process of the the pick, let's call it. Yep, that's the robot. Robotic. Yep. So they they come to you. Yep. You don't have to go to the shelf. The shelf comes to you. Correct. Right. So that's yep. the sent the and, and because. Yeah, like the the shelves at Moorbank have to have room for humans to walk up and down them. Right? Yeah. So because it's robotic, the shelves are nearly touching each so other. They so they can fit half fifty percent more product wow. in the same floor space. There's twenty million products will fit in this place, wow. um, and the the robots are just guided by QR codes stuck on the ground. Yeah. Thirty eight thousand wow. QR codes stuck on the ground, and we saw a bloke actually doing this because one of the floors was still being. Yeah, I saw it on the news. Yeah, and, they and put the stickers on the ground. Mate, they have the stickers have to be within one. Third of a millimetre, like accurate. <laughs> really? Wow. The I was talking to the bloke that built the like the foreman of the the yeah. construction, and I felt bad for him because actually, empty the building, just yeah. forget Amazon for a minute, just as a structure, yeah. this thing was built in seventeen months. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And and it's built, mate. The tolerances because it's robots and everything. Yeah. The floor cannot be more than one millimetre difference from one metre to one metre, and wow. it has to be within three millimetres across every three. So it can't vary across the building. And that's a massive It's 24 area. football fields wow. flat as a tack. Wow. And it was nothing two years ago. How's it was that? nothing. That's incredible. I saw the. I saw they did a really good time uh, lapse. Time lapse, yeah. So I saw the. It was just an empty field. Yes. And then boom, there's a big building. And, and across the way, this is the remarkable thing. We're in this huge building, and then we look out this window. And there's a massive thing next door which looks bigger, frankly, which is going to be Coles. Really? really? Because Coles has realised, look, we're doing all these. What, what When you order from Coles, often they're yeah. just picking from the local shopping centre, from uh, the local shop, yep. and they deliver it to you. They've realised they're taking too much stock from the local stores, so they're just going to have a big, big supermarket oh, right. that isn't accessible by people. So it's just for, purely for delivery. Purely wow. for deliveries. And, it's and like, isn't it true? Like, wow. This, it's in Kemp's Creek. Yeah. So, and apparently this that factory is within... 12 hours either in either direction, you can access 80% of the Australian 85% population. 85% of the Australian population because yeah. you go north, south, smart, east, west, smart. and you, you've covered the bulk. And it's also like 10 minutes from the new airport, so yeah. it's also future-proofing yeah, right. itself. Of course, of it's course. fascinating to think about the, the thing, but uh, look, I won't lie, it's one of those very touchy topics for a lot of people, like on the internet I'm talking about, not real people like our listeners, but yeah. the number of comments I'm getting... Like hundreds and hundreds of comments. I hope they're paying their taxes and stuff like that. Is yeah, that what you get. Hope they're yeah, paying their taxes. Um, will they pay a minimum wage? Are you allowed to take a shit for yeah, more than ten I, minutes? I heard that too. All this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I don't want to break it to you. I saw the toilets. There. I mean, I've never seen. It. It's remarkable. The break room it's is beautiful. Brand new. Like it's well, it's funny, you know, the timing of this. I just listened to, uh, you know, there's a show called Land of the Giants. I don't think I mentioned yeah. it. And they talk about they have a little mini series about each of the big companies: Google, Apple. The one I recent listened to recently was Amazon. Yeah. And uh, there was a case where uh, there was a uh, they had a fulfillment center in a place called Coffeeville, I think it was Kansas, so right in the middle of America, and how this town relied on this big factory, and how yep. they decided one day to say, okay, we're, we're closing it down, we're going somewhere else, and how it just ruined the town, the oh, whole really? town just went broke because they relied on this massive Amazon factory to employ people to create an economy. Um, and and they were saying too the other the other episode was about 
you know how a lot of people sell their products on Amazon yeah. and how they have their you know they they can offer their stuff to be found through Amazon yep. and just the ins and outs of all that and how Amazon p- pitch their own products against the, uh, yeah. your own products. There's a lot of questionable practices and yeah. I know a couple of big retailers that just won't deal with them. Yeah. Um, what's it called? FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. Is that what yeah, it's called? There's a whole bunch yeah. of different things you can do. You can either be listed there and fulfill yourself or yes. you can... Well, let them to warehouse yeah. it. Yeah. I've actually done a bit of work looking into this for a long story short. I've been looking at something for Amanda's dad and, and seeing whether yeah. Jacko could kind of have a little bit of a side hustle from yeah. it. Jacko's just not into it, but I'm kind of like, oh, I'll do it. Like it sounds my brother's exciting. In, my brother Michael's into it. He's he, he's he's got a, a, an Amazon business. And, there. and the thing is, again, it's those comments. They're putting people out of business and all this kind of stuff. The fact is, if you're a savvy Aussie business, you can sell your stuff through Amazon. Mm. Now you might even to, more so now with this big bloody. You, you might need to charge more because yeah. you need to cover those costs of their yeah. fees and stuff. But the fact is, it's about being where the customer is. So. And I looked at for the product we were looking at. I looked at it and went, well, obviously we could keep selling it on on this website, yeah. fine, and we charge a different price, a higher price at Amazon. But the people that will buy it at Amazon, well, that, that's where they'll pull you up. They can't, you can't have it at a lower price at another website. Depends. That's, that's depends, part of their proviso. depends on your fulfillment strategy, whether right. or not your your. Because I remember one of the people on this show was saying that you cannot have it cheaper anywhere else. Yeah. So, like, say you've got a you've got a product you're selling on eBay and on Amazon. Yeah. Can't be cheaper on eBay. No, got to be the same price. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it's different if it's your own website, your own okay, um, yeah, company right. website. Okay. But yeah, Amazon versus eBay and stuff. Oh, yeah, of a lot course. of rules. Yeah. But yeah. um, but you know the fact is a lot of people just go to Amazon to search. Yeah. And this it's is what become, blew me away. Yeah, it's become the Google. For I was talking to the kind of the center manager there, Craig. And Craig Fuller. I said, mate, yeah. I just need, I need a, I need a stat that that gives this scale. Yeah. And he goes, well, you know, he gave me all the stats. I went, no, no. Can you tell me how many parcels you'll send out every day? And he goes, well, and he, I could tell he wasn't going to say, but yeah. I said, is it a is it ten thousand? He goes, oh, hundred thousands, hundreds of thousands. Wow. I went, oh, okay, wow. every day. Yeah, and that's I, oh, I said, hell. that's all I need. I don't need anything more. I said, so not then, a million. So then be I could, hundreds of thousands. Like, then I could end my video just saying, and hundreds of thousands of parcels yeah. will leave this center every day. Wow, and that. That's the scale, right? Yeah. Because so many people go, oh, never shop on Amazon. Have never searched. Doesn't matter, mate. <laughs> Millions yeah. do, right? Good on you. Good on you. Well <laughs> Jeez, done. They're going to they're, they're struggle if you don't shop there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You're keeping other shops alive. But yeah. this is about the future. And unfortunately, but, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world out there. But also, too, like you think about what's happened during the pandemic where we just – a lot of people – had no other choice but to shop online, and for a lot of people, yeah, that was their discovered first. It. That was their first journey to online shopping, and now look at it. This the scale of online shopping now. For a is lot of people, massive. this is where they discovered Amazon, or they discovered yes. how easy it was to. I know. Shop I know. I, I shop, put my credit card through there a few times, mate, during lockdown when I needed <laughs> stuff. There was a few things, but no, but even stuff I needed for like uh, I needed cables and stuff for my scopes and all that. So. It was just really easy to jump on there and, and buy stuff. How which is, is how is your scope, mate? It's going good. Yeah, it's, it's fixed. Good. Yeah, all good now. Yeah, I'm uh, starting a new uh, for the first time. I'm shooting in mono. I think we can rule out a um, yeah. astrophotography podcast. Well, yeah, I might do. I don't think there is one actually. The, I've looked. I don't think there is one. I know there's a couple of really good YouTubers. Are, are, are you talking about the listener or the podcast? I don't think no, there the, is one. The, the, I think there's a podcast <laughs> for for that, but I, there's not one that's like a standout. Like, I don't think the like this <laughs> podcast. I don't think there's a potential audience. You don't reckon? No, you'd be surprised. There's a few people keen. Yeah, yeah, okay. a few people on there. But anyway, um, yeah, Amazon. Wow, they've uh, Amazon. They're, wow, they're going to be uh, bigger and bigger than ever. This is and this is just on the stat side, right? Yeah, this is the First robotics facility from Amazon in the Southern Hemisphere. Yep. 
It is also the is it the largest warehouse ever built in Australia? Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, and there's some other little cool stats to, that I've put on the bottom of my story here. Uh, we've talked about the total floor area, double the land size of Bondi Beach. That's big. Yeah, they'll have a capacity to house up to twenty million items. Fourteen kilometers of conveyancing equipment. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? And it's there's uh, it's going to begin uh, early 2022. Is that right? That's going to be there. More than 4,000 workers have been involved in the construction. And the site is within, we mentioned this, 12 hours of more than half the Australian population supporting fast delivery to customers. And it uses 3,000 tonnes more steel than was used for Sydney Olympic Park Stadium. Isn't that intense? Amazing. And and just a final thing from the, the construction foreman about Amazon's processes. Like, you know, obviously this thing was built in 15 odd months, but it's been planned for years. He he, showed, he like he pointed to a beam that you know goes up to the roof and a cross member and stuff, and he goes around that. There's probably thirty bolts. We had to fo- we had to number and photograph every bolt and send them to Amazon before they could be certified. Really? Yeah. Like basically, Why? Amazon don't muck around with their construction it's techniques. Got to be got to be right. Got to be done yeah, it's right. Got to be perfect. Yeah. Got to be checked. Like it's phenomenal. Yeah. It sounds like what something like Apple would do. Eh? Like Apple would say, "Well, yeah. that, that's a sort of level of detail they it, want." Like you're putting your whole business in this place. Yeah, it's got to work. Yeah, it's a long term right. investment. Absolutely right. All right, details uh, at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly supported by our very good friends at Arlo. And we all know Arlo, you can buy your wireless cameras, you can uh, receive your notifications, you can subscribe to their Arlo smart service as well, but... If you wanted, you can purchase the Arlo Smart Hub on its own. So it does come with a USB port. So if you want to record and store your camera footage locally, you're able to do this. It does have room for a memory card. So it's an alternative for those who don't want to store their recorded videos in the cloud. Uh, you do get a three-month free trial of Arlo Secure Service subscription. So if you that, that, that comes with a camera. But if you want to store everything locally all you need to do is insert a USB memory device into the smart hub or a card, and the, the you'll be able to then store all of your footage locally. So if you if you don't want it in the cloud, you don't want to pay your subscription fees. And the, now, the best market for this is people that over the last couple of years have bought essential cameras. Yes. Originally, the essential camera was kind of like, we I often call it your gateway drug. You've got your essential yep. camera, you realise how good it is. Now you've maybe got a couple. Well, you can put them all, you can, yeah, you can to, put them to all the into this hub. So what what happens? The smart hub it's, it's uh, the model number is VMB forty five forty. It's one hundred and seventy nine dollars. So you can buy direct from okay. Arlo's online store or from uh, reputable tech retailers across the country. But if you you then uh, once you set that up, you can then easily link all your cameras to that to that hub yep. and you'll be able to record all your footage locally. Beautiful. So I, do, I have had a lot of people saying, look, if you if I don't want to have a, a subscription. Are these cameras, I said, look, they're still good. You'll still get your notifications, but you won't be able to access more than a couple of days' worth of footage. But now, if you want to have your own Arlo Smart Hub, uh, you can store all of that footage locally. You can check it out at arlo.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. So, I won't lie, um, when I found out that Vodafone was launching a massive boost of their 5G network on Monday early this week, I rushed out and got a new Vodafone SIM card and switched <laughs> to Vodafone. I mean, I knew I was going to um, because I'm going to America on the 1st of January. I need my Vodafone roaming. Um, 
I knew I was going to switch. It was just the catalyst that, that made me do it because I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. So I switched to Vodafone on Friday. I drove to Young on the weekend, um, saw my family and stuff, and then came back. Saw a few little blips of 5G around the place. Um, and then on Monday, I'm like, where's my 5G? Where's my 5G? Where's my 5G? I was a bit confused. Yeah. I was a bit confused because the maps they sent were like, with his three yeah. dots of coverage today, and here's a blanket of 5G coverage yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm thinking, this is a bit weird. So I actually interviewed um, uh, Brian from Vodafone's network team on the EFTM podcast. You could listen to that in full. But in summary, I said to him, well done. That's good. You switched it on. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> and this is where it's like, it's like this coy moment, but it's very, very uh, upfront. It's, it's what's called standalone 5G. Okay. Now, the difference between standalone 5G and what we've had and got in many, many networks already is it doesn't require 4G to connect. So uh-huh. with your iPhone today, when you're on Telstra, what your iPhone does when you turn it on, and you don't see this happen. What it does is it goes, where's where's there a SIM card? Yes. Oh, it's Telstra. Right. Where's the Telstra network? There it is. Where's some 4G? There it is. Oh, there's some 5G. I'll get on. Right. With standalone 5G, your phone goes, is there a SIM card? Yep. What network? Yep. There's the network. I'm on 5G. Wow. So it, it skips the... It doesn't need 4G to get 5G, right? Now, Vodafone have built that into their network from the core. Now, this took them some time because you've got to remember they were screwed by the government and Malcolm Turnbull by the Huawei decision. So they've had to essentially yeah. rebuild their entire mobile network because everything they already had couldn't work. Thanks, and Malcolm. The reason they need a standalone core is because their 4G core is Huawei. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and their yeah. 5G can't be. So, that, so they just <laughs> this gateway can't work for them. And so it's fascinating that right now nothing works. Right. But the first device that will launch on the standalone uh, is the S21, the Galaxy S21, in a few okay. weeks, probably, maybe a month. Because b- before you go on there, I received the same press press release, and yep. it's saying that they tripled the coverage Over- overnight. They did, yeah. And uh, 85% of the population now covered by 5G in 10 major cities and regions. Yeah. It doesn't and I switched mention. to Vodafone as well. Yeah, it doesn't and mention. And the fine print, is there any fine no, print here? No, I've looked. Yeah, no fine print. You've got to you've got to know your networking to understand yeah. that the uh, expanding the network core yes. means nothing to anyone who's actually using the so network. So I've switched back to Vodafone as well because I I too am going to the US as well. So and, um, yeah, it's not long. It's not a long way away, but it'll be Samsung Galaxy S twenty one will be first. That why, should why be within that, weeks. Was oh, that was that was a it's year a before. software update, right? Yeah, right. Um, so there's a software update required um, for the phone. For the phone, really? The phone needs to get a, a software. If you're update. a Vodafone customer. Or for uh, anyone. Well, they'll all get it. Right. And it will it will benefit others. I'm assuming it will benefit others too okay. because if Telstra's network, for example, is configured for both on-ramp and standalone, I don't know what it's actually called, but let's call yep. it on-ramp and standalone, yep. then it might actually uh, speed up your connectivity uh, once it's upgraded. So S21 and then a bunch of other Samsung devices. In broad terms, he told me that pretty much every Android device of the last year or so, even the TCL 5G, yep. will get the update and it will happen within weeks or months, right? Right iPhone, you know, he couldn't say, he didn't really, he didn't mention Apple, but I read through all the, the lines of what he was saying was, look, they're talking to them. It's not going to happen overnight because it's a kind of, you know, Apple do their things globally, yeah. but there will be a software update. The iPhone 13, he didn't say 12, the 13 is capable of standalone. Ah. So he will get it, but probably in the new year. Oh, right. My guess is it'll be March before we get it. Because I think I sent you a couple of screenshots where oh, I Oh, you get 5G switched. today. Yeah. But that's 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 the old five G. That's their old like that's the that's the non efficient five G. So that's the on ramp five G that yes. you're calling. 
Right. Yes. So it's still. So there's a bunch of five G spots. It's at Hornsby. It's at Randwick. It's yeah, at East Garden. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Look yeah. at the map. Yeah. There's plenty of little five G spots around, but question, it's not yeah. blanket. Question is, will it be at my house? I've looked at the I, map I don't think in great detail. <laughs> I don't think it will. I think it will be. You reckon? Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Rob Rigby who said, "I'm proud of you <laughs> for not asking the Vodafone man to specifically exclude <laughs> Stephen's house." Yeah, like you allegedly did with Andy Penn. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but get, if I got Inyaki on the phone, I'll definitely mention oh, yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, "What have you against to get? What have you got against this guy? What, uh, what has like, he ever done to you?" I hold grudges yeah. um, for grudges. no reason. What have I done to you? Nothing, mate. Nothing. Jeez, oh, geez. I'll, I'll fight hard for your five G, mate. Oh, please. <clears throat> but it will be, in all honesty, and this is like genuine. If Vodafone rolls out this standalone five G on the iPhone and you're not included, I will laugh. Yeah, till I know the cows come I home. know you will. Like, just so you I, know, if it's on. not here, I will probably little, die in fits of laughter. The little exchange we had the other day when I said, look, I've got 5G. And then you get, yeah, but what about at your house? And I think I sent you one bar of 4G with a with a four-letter word. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you just laughed, you bastard. That was just on text. You should have seen me rolling on the floor. Yeah, I, I bet. Um, so yeah. it'll be, yeah, it'll be, I reckon, first quarter next year, maybe later, that we'll get it on the iPhone. But... Yeah. Um, uh, it'll be fascinating to see. And also, I, I get the sense that, and again, I, I kind of pushed him on this, but I don't think they're going to play the speed game. I don't no. think they're going to pretend to be the fastest. He said, mate, 400 is an amazing number, and there's no use for that today. Like, what do you Where need, you do that, what do you need 800 for? Yeah, so the pissing contest between Telstra and Optus yeah. is purely a pissing contest. No, but it's also too it's it's for them to pump up their tires for their home broadband connections too, you know. No, but home broadband none of them are quoting 600, they're getting 3 and 400. But, but I know, but but if the perception of 5G equals speed, then it's easier to sell a home broadband package. I think that's yeah. um that's a a dangerous Territory well, because mate, then you create expectation well, for that, people. That's what they're doing, mate. They're doing yeah. it. Like Telstra just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, they but said they but they average said speed of three hundred and seventy eight megabits per second. Which is fine. Vodafone yeah. will do that. But yeah. Optus and Telstra are talking about speed, you know, championships basically, where they're yeah. getting six, eight hundred. Plus they're doing these millimeter wave things where they talk about three point six and four gigabit. Yeah, no. Let's just be real Put here, in folks. A lab, yeah, you no. don't need any of that. Yeah, no. If you can get a hundred, you're doing well, and that's great. It's gonna serve your home very well and your mobile phone. Won't need anything yep. more than that. So they're the 700 megahertz spectrum, eh? That's and right. 3.6 gigahertz spectrum. All irrelevant to me, but yeah. Strong national 5G spectrum holdings. And and all this, just finally, this is all part of the Vodafone TPG merger. And we should say, actually, we've been using the term Vodafone, but this is TPG, TPG Telecom. TPG, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've already launched now TPG advertising for 5G, TPG advertising for mobile. they home broadband, yeah, They're really pushing yeah. um, a lot of this stuff. This is a culmination of that merger because TPG had a... Very strong network of fibre running all through the veins of the country, right? Yeah, right. You know, if you walk your streets, you might even see, you know, manhole covers that say TPG, TPG because they've yeah, got really? fibre rolling around, right? I saw one in our suburb. They don't have it here. And, and that's what they're using. Well, you don't know they might because it's not a, it's not a public network. Yeah. It's for their backhaul. That's, that's a Telstra pit outside my ha- place. You know, but you don't know what all the pits are. You don't okay. know what's in them. It could, and the, so basically now they're using the TPG fiber network to connect all their mobile tight towers backhaul. So they've got oh. a strong network behind oh, yeah. the scenes and on the on the mobile front. Really? I actually think that the next couple of years for Vodafone is going to be very or TPG Telecom. Yep. it's going to be quite strong because they're finally now caught up yeah. to after all the dramas with Huawei and the yeah. government. Well, that was a, that was a massive gut punch, wasn't it? For them? massive, massive. That's a, such delay. such a problem for them. Yeah, yeah wow.
So anyway, and even though Huawei's like built the four G network in Australia, so yeah. we're not going to talk about that. No, <laughs> just ignore. They're that. here already. The ScoMo's probably yeah, communicating mate. on Huawei technology yeah, every day exactly of the week, but right. no one's no one's talking about it. Yep. All right, you can get the details of that at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Well, there. If uh, do you consider yourself a creator, Trevor? Are you a creator? Yeah, well, definitely. You're a content creator. Definitely. Right? We're, we're all sort of we're all creators at heart, aren't we? we ABC all mate, stuff. Always be contenting. Yeah, always be creating. That's correct. And, and hey, look, for, even for someone who's just putting up a social media post, that's a creation. You've created that. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the the angle that Azus has taken with their new laptop range. It's all about you know they were developed with creators in mind. Yep. And they class there's the sort of three different classes of creators that they mentioned where you know you're either a professional that this is your job, then they 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 talk about being someone being a prosumer, so really into it, really good at it, mm-hmm. and then of course there's the amateur. So no matter what level of creativity you are, the we we all we're always creating something. They've even gone to the lengths of creating what what they call a creator exchange. So this is a platform that allows you to talk to other creators, so exchange ideas, change these, these like little creative streams you can create, and that also not only helps to for you to find out more, but also introduces creators to new audiences. Right. So they're trying to they're trying to cultivate that real creativity, that community of creators, and uh, they've backed that, of course, with their new range of laptops, which is the the Pro Art Studio Book, the ZenBook Pro Duo, which you've seen the Duo, haven't you, with the two screens? Yep. And the Vivo Book Pro, which we've also received to review as well. That's got an OLED display, which looks pretty slick. I'm a big fan. It's a 15 inch. And uh, built, of course, to give you uh, for for speed, for performance, but to allow you then just kind of to take the shackles off if you want to yeah. to create stuff. Uh, you know, some of these models are available now. Some of them are going to be available December and January, but uh, they're all all have our OLED screens. I think they've all got really great uh, lot, lot of lot of RAM, lot of storage capacity, running like Intel Xeon workstation processors. So they're pretty powerful. Uh, the pro, the pro models, though, I've got to say, the Pro Art Studio Book, right? This is their yeah. top of the line, top shelf everything. It's ten thousand dollars. It's from Whee! from nine 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 nine. So this is like your serious creator. What's under the hood? Yeah, well, you, you're talking about though the professional creators, and when you think of this, isn't just sort of people who are making art and and creating audio visual stuff. You got to remember too. There's also industrial professionals as well, sure, yeah, who sort of need this sort of computing <coughs> power for engineering, science, analysis. So they ne- they need a, a pretty gutsy computer as well. Uh, yeah, it was powered by the Intel Xeon. That's X E O N, the Xeon workstation processor. So they can really churn through. But the other cool thing about the Studio Book, this one little feature caught my eye. It's the Asus Dial. Have you seen the Dial? No. So it's 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 like you know how Apple introduced the pa- the Touch Bar. Yep. And that was meant to sort of a, a, to adapt to whatever you're doing. Yeah. And sort of give you those sort of fine tuning opportunities. Well, this is actually a, a, there's on the Studio Book. It's a physical dial. <coughs> So say you've got like you, uh, it, it it works across all the Adobe um, creative. You know what it's like stuff. for people might have seen it is the Logitech Craft keyboard. Yeah, and you Microsoft Microsoft had a similar dial. thing too. Remember they had a little dial. So this is on a laptop though. So this gives you sort of the fine tuning of various palettes or whatever you're using on on Adobe uh, their creative uh, platforms there. Uh, and then on the other, I think on the Vivo Book that's a it's a virtual dial. So on the corner of the touchpad oh, yeah. you have that as well. 
But yeah, pretty exciting range there, and I've listed all the pricing and and pictures of all the different laptops and when they're all going to be released. So uh, Asus made a big deal about this. It was good. It was a pretty slick uh, presentation. They had this event, this virtual event, where they were switching between the different creators were coming on and talking about how they used the different products to create this this work of art or this bit of music or whatever they did. Yep. It was uh, very interesting. But uh, yeah, Asus uh, making some inroads here. The Creator Exchange, again, is another innovative little thing as well. So if you fancy yourself as a creator... You know, I don't know. You might want to check out the range. It's always nice to know there's alternatives out there. I think that's the number one thing. A lot, lot of the time, Apple gets all the credit as being the you know the professional creator laptop, but yeah. actually, there's there's a lot out there. Absolutely. Um, and I especially am a big fan of the dual screen thing. I think there's something. Yeah, the Pro Duo. That looks really good. There's eh? something very yeah. cool about that. Yeah, um, and those two screens work together really nicely too. Though they've really done a good job there. Yeah. All yeah. right. Details, photos up at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. If you're looking for connectivity in your home, Netgear's got you covered and there'll be some great Black Friday deals next week, I've got no doubt, on a range of products including the Netgear Orbi. So uh, the Orbi Wi-Fi system ensures that you get full speed, great Wi-Fi across your whole home. If you're paying for 100 meg speeds and you're getting 100 meg at the modem, but you're getting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 at your TV... Get a mesh Wi-Fi system like the Netgear Orbi and you'll get better speeds across the whole home. Uh, Tri-band for uh, efficient backhaul. Um, or Wi-Fi 6 for the best and fastest connectivity available to all your devices. Netgear has got you covered. Uh, you can check out all the Netgear products on their website, netgear.com.au, and you can check out any deals that come up over the week ahead at store.netgear.com.au. I um I thought we should talk a little bit about EVs uh, this week because I know you spoke about on the Tech Guide podcast, which is also highly available to everyone in this feed, <laughs> on this channel, let's call it a channel, um, about the Polestar 2. <clears throat> and I, I drove that a couple of weeks ago and wrote about it last week. And I've been driving the, uh, the Kia Nero for the last couple of months. You've been driving a Tesla for three years. We've driven a lot of EVs in the meantime as well. We've had the government announcement of late where they're – they're not pushing any subsidies for EV ownership, but they are pushing the the, the investment in the charging infrastructure, um, which is fascinating. It's it's kind of it doesn't feel like it's matured yet the conversation. No, but I feel like it's still a way to go yet. I feel like the questions now are more interesting than ever before. Don't you feel like like a couple of years ago people were just fascinated, yeah. but now they're curious. There's genuine I think there's interest. A yeah, definitely. There's a difference. No, you're right. I think there's a lot of people who will, I think people are now seriously considering it now because they're, they're seeing that, you know, of course we've seen Tesla, we've seen Polestar, all these, these EV only brands. Yeah. But when they start seeing Hyundai, Kia, you know, Porsche, or Audi, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, that are now electrifying their fleet as well. Mm. I think that 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 becomes it's it's real to customers as well. Especially I, if you've driven that kind of car. Say you're an Audi driver and you think, oh, hang on, Audi's driver make an electric version. Now. Yeah, yeah. I um I think it's fascinating, and I'm still a bit befuddled by it. I had a long conversation with a what do you call them um, academic, right? I think last week on the EFGM podcast about the government announcement, um, and I questioned her about why she and others believe that government should subsidise electric cars. Um, I just personally don't believe that we should. I think that that just allows the car companies to continue to charge what they're charging mm. without 
supply and demand pushing the price down as it should, right? True. That's my concern is that yeah. the car I'm driving in, in the driveway right now, Kia Nero, I've got to say, I love it. Like, it's just so good. It's just so good to have a normal car that doesn't, frankly, it doesn't get attention because it's, you know, not turning heads. It just looks like a normal Kia with a, with a, with a difference. Um, I can plug it in at home every night. I just plug it into a PowerPoint. I plug it in at the office, which is just like a PowerPoint anyway. It's just, I just plug it in when it's parked, basically. Yeah. I don't use, you know, I don't need access to great charging networks and everything unless you travel. And I've I've already talked about that a bit, and we'll talk about it again. But it just works. It's just good. Yeah. But of all the things I love about it, and all that I would want for it, it's seventy thousand dollars. Why on earth would Cheap, I buy a Kia Nero when I can yeah. buy a Tesla Model Three or a Polestar? Yeah. Like it's just phenomenal no, right. that, that like is car a, sales announced the Ionic yeah. Five as car of the year yesterday. Now it's a good car, but it ain't as good as car as the Porsche Taycan. In any length, yeah. um, it's it's not. I don't think the Ionic Five is as good as the Polestar, and the Polestar is cheaper. Yeah. They would have marked the Polestar down because of some of the safety attributes that are optional, which you know a, a good motoring journo will pick apart, but an average person couldn't give a rat's about. Mm. I'm just fascinated by the price problem and the price parity problem. You just said yeah. so many people are now keen or willing. Yeah, but I bet you 99 percent of them fall off at the last exactly point when right. they realise how much it's going to well, cost. I think it will. it's still a pre, It comes at a premium, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, a good example, remember, remember the MG? MG, MG yep. EV1 or what it was yep. called? The MGZS. Non, the, 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 the non-petrol version was what, like seventeen, eighteen thousand $18,000 cheaper than the petrol, yep. the electric version. It's exactly the same car apart from the having a fuel apart tank from, and having a battery. Exactly. Apart from the drivetrain, it was so the same car. That, that is a classic example of people thinking, well, why should I pay extra? I'm just going to go buy I've the petrol. I've been saying version. since the last federal election, so it must yeah. have been three years, right, um, that the parity difference, the, the price differential between the, a similar electric and a similar petrol car, if if it's 15000 or more, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's because reach, yeah. everyone talks about, you know, this and, and Tesla even bake it into the, the price on the website. They make it look like you're actually saving money. Yeah, and they're like, on fuel. You yeah, don't yeah. know how much I'm paying in fuel. Yeah, you don't right. know how much I drive. Yeah. But there's an average, there's an assumed, right? Um, and, yeah, man, you can bake this heavy. If you've got solar and you do things right, yeah. you could literally never pay to charge your car. It could be very smart. And you could, therefore, yeah. be saving... Two, maybe three grand a year. Some people spend on Absolutely petrol. Absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in that boat. I, I think it's, it just worked out for me. Or I had the panels before I bought the car, but I think that there's a few things people. I reckon moving forward. I reckon if you thinking of having buying an EV, I would recommend then like you, you'd want to be able to. The most convenient thing you can do is charge it at home. So having if you've got solar panels or thinking about getting solar panels, a battery as well, what better motivation would there be to not only get your house off the grid but also yeah. to be able to power your vehicle as well? So I think that people, are, yeah, it's great the government's looking at infrastructure and, and trying to build confidence in the market for people to think, well, okay, if I buy an EV, I don't want to get stranded in the middle of the desert without a charge. Right? Yeah. That's, the, that's the biggest thing I hear from people when they ask me about my car. How far can it go? Yeah. Where can I charge it? Yeah. Because it's not like there, you know, there's a petrol station on every corner. There's not an electric charger on every corner. Yeah. So the people have got a bit of anxiety about that. That is again another another thing that, that what, why there's hesitation. In and the it's market. the problem is it's a misnomer because it's and I said this in September 2017 when I drove the first Tesla in Australia. I said you have to rethink everything you know about cars, not just because it's fancy and a big screen and all that, but because with a car. Like my Mazda 2 yeah. sits in our driveway. I drive it a couple of times a week just to keep the battery going, right? Yep. It's got 
oh, I don't know, it's got a little indicator of, of blocks. Let's say there's six blocks indicating a full tank of petrol. It's got two blocks of petrol, right? So we'll call it a quarter of a tank. Yep. And, mate, it's had that for weeks because we don't drive it much. Yep. Now, if that was our daily driver, we'd probably fill it up every two weeks. It, the idea of a petrol car is you drive it until that thing gets to a point where you go, I better get it now. Better top it up. Better top it up. Yep. And you fill it all the way to the top. And and it takes 10 minutes, five minutes to do five that. Five minutes, yeah. yeah. And so, so the problem people have with an electric car is, oh, so when it gets to zero, it's going to take me two hours to charge or an hour and 50 or 45 minutes to charge, they hate. And I'm like, stop. Yeah. You don't drive your car to zero. Like yeah. I, so I've driven in, I've got the trip meter running now. I've driven 25 hours of driving in the last two weeks, 2,300 kilometers, right? At no point have I seen the car go below 30%. Yeah. And at most times, I've not seen it go past 81%. Because when I stop at Yass yeah. and Goulburn and Young you and I plug in, just take I just need. charge it for 20 minutes. We had yeah. breakfast and then we went back, grabbed, grabbed yeah. the thing. Then we came back at lunch yeah. and we charged somewhere else. We charged for 20 minutes. Maybe 30 minutes was the longest we stopped. Right. And we... We were stopping for lunch or for dinner. or You were doing something anyway. Oh, because yeah, you've yeah. been driving for two hours. Like the people that say, oh, you can't drive. Mate, if you're driving five hours without stopping, you're, yeah, you're a danger to yourself wrong, yeah. and other people. Absolutely right? right. You're meant to yeah. stop, revive, survive. Well, with me, I charge my car. I do a supercharge once a week, whether I'm coming back from your place, your office, I go to Macquarie Supercharger. Or if I'm coming back from 2GB on a Monday night, I'll go to the Broadway supercharger. Yeah. So that's my big supercharge for the week. I understand. But yeah. can I just, with the greatest respect, yeah. say that's a bad example for yeah. how electric cars can be. Yeah. Because oh, no, you've got to... I've got to charge here. But yeah, just, can we just forget supercharging for a minute? Forget yeah. they exist. Yeah. You don't need to go to a supercharger. No, I don't. You've got a, no, you've, I've got you, a charger you've, here. You've yeah. put a charger on the wall, which yeah. again is an option. You don't need to yeah. do that. Yeah. You can plug it into a PowerPoint. Yeah. And charge it every night because the average person drives 30 to 40 kilometers a day. Yeah. And if they plug in and tell the car through the computer, which all of them have, yeah. I'm going to leave at 7 o'clock in the morning, the, com- the car will start picking up electricity at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whenever it needs yep. to get you charged yeah, you can, you by can, the morning. Like I can plug my car in now at home and say, so don't start charging till 5 a.m. Yeah. And then it'll be ready if I need to go. Yeah. So, um, but Daily yeah, charging I, yeah, at home yeah. is the future. So when well, you the, get the home, when I get home, yeah. when I get home, I pull in the driveway, and the little charger is just sitting on the on the um, driveway at the moment. I just plug it in. And I go inside. Yeah. If I drive, so today I'll probably use I don't know seven percent of the battery coming down here and back, right? Yep. But going to the office and back, I barely use two percent. But yeah. I plug in. It takes like an hour, and it's it's back again. Yeah. Tonight, by the time I wake up tomorrow morning. It'll be 100%. You and probably, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't have to go to my way to go to a charger or a service yeah. station. And this is the problem. I feel awful saying this, but I see other people reviewing electric cars and they miss the point that you don't need to go to a charger. You can just plug it in at home. Plug it at home. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, you're right. I, I do my, especially during the lockdown, we weren't, I weren't allowed, wasn't allowed to go out of my LGA. Yeah. So I was just here charging every couple of days because yeah. I wasn't driving very much, but I, I could top it up. And I got three-phase power through the panels and the battery, so it didn't take that long. Yeah. Like, I could put another 20% on the battery in an hour. The it's, it's Polestar easy. 2, which we've both driven in the last week or two, is the best electric car behind a Tesla that we've ever seen. Yeah, it's nice. Um, looks good, too. Really good-looking good car. It's a good-looking yeah. car. Yeah. I got it, stopped. People stopped me. It's, talk, got the, it's got the technology inside that gives you a sense of the future because it's a Google operating system. Yeah, I didn't... You know, I didn't miss not having Apple CarPlay, but that will come to it, yep. which is good. But mate, for sixty grand 
I'm pretty all good. in on that car. And you got to remember, it's a sister brand of Volvo, so there's a bit of the bit of legacy, bit of DNA sharing yeah. there. Uh, and uh, look, really solid car. Look, really nice design. Head turning. People stopped me, asked yeah. me, "What in the window?" Asked me about the car in traffic. They were uh, talking to me, and um, and Android Automotive. It's not Android Auto. It's mm. got its own OS. So I clicked my iPhone to it. It was working fine. Um, and nice to drive too. Not yeah. quite as uh, talky as uh, as a Tesla, but still performance was terrific. Yeah, yeah. Lane lane keeping, cruise control was everything you need. Does everything drove, you need. Drove really really it's nice. It's a good car. example of an electric car. Yeah. Outside of a Tesla, because obviously Tesla has the the reputation and has created the market. Yeah. And I think sometimes you look at what an Audi or a Mercedes are doing in that space, and they're beautiful cars. And they, I always say, an Audi and a Mercedes electric car is made. Well, the Audi and the Mercedes upsell. You know, when people who've got a, you know, I don't know, Q7 or Q5 come in at the end of their lease, they can be upsold to an e-tron very easily because they know Audi. They, it's got all the same bits and pieces, but it's electric. I heard a couple of stories, though, about Mercedes-Benz, Audi, and how, you know how there's a massive shortage of cars right yeah. now, right? And they're, and they're all obviously pushing their electric vehicles as well. I heard a story where a bloke was saying, "Look, for if you for an extra forty thousand, I can I can put aside one for you." So people are paying overs to get an electric car or even a normal car yeah. at the moment to, yeah, oh, mate, to get the, priority. They're, getting, they're paying. Like, Kia's advertising the new Sportage petrol car, yeah. and mate, you're not going to get that for twelve years, 12, 12 months. Twelve months, yeah, wow, because it's just impossible. Crazy. Kia, like, and the problem is also Kia's got the EV6 coming into the market next year, which is a stunning electric car. Very much the Ionic 5, yep. but in a Kia. You know, it's got the power output and stuff yep. to charge your, your hairdryer if you want, whatever. <laughs> um, it, it's a beautiful looking car. It's got yeah. all the things. They're bringing like 500 into Australia. Mate, Tesla sell that many in a week. Like, it's yeah. just... It, it, but I think that's It's a very important. strange strategy for the manufacturers who, I'll go back yeah. to my original point, who whenever you're asked, like I was at a press conference with Nissan in the Yarra Valley last year and, you know, all the journos are asking about this and that and then this CEO kept saying, well, the government needs... I just said, mate, stop you right there. Why does the government need to do it? Yeah. Why? He goes, well, manufacturers need incentives. Yeah. Why don't you just do it? Just do it yourself. All the manufacturers have agreed yeah. under the, Fed, the Australian Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries have a voluntary code of emissions because yeah. they say the government needs to set an emission target. Just yeah, do it. Just do it. Just have a low emission why, why, target. Yeah. Why does the government need yeah. to set a target, no, you right. bastards? You're right. Yeah. It's just so mind-blowing yeah. to me. You're right. I so think they, they want to have a safety net or something. Where a, but, yeah. I think they want bloody cash back or some frigging yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I just feel but, like consumers yeah. are the loser in the electric car race, unfortunately, because yeah. you know I was talking to a, someone the other day who just bought a new car. It was a Subaru Outback, and it was like the or Forester. Anyway, very excited about it. Forty under. Fifty thousand dollars over forty, it was like forty-five grand or something, and she thought it was a lot of money. And I went, "That is a lot of money." But see, you can't get an electric car for less, for less than, than fifty-five grand. Yeah, and well, that's a rubbish. The MG is the MG EV like forty-five. Oh, forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't, but wouldn't suggest. I it. think though, what the the revolution's <laughs> going to happen at the at the entry point. You're like it's it's not everyone's yeah. going to spend two hundred grand on a Tesla when, Model S. I, and I, so, I've been going on about it for a while, but. And it's been a bit delayed, but when BYD launch, I think it'll yeah. be early next year. The Chinese brand. It's going to be yeah. mega. Because they're little, be, they're, it's called yeah. the Dolphin. I think it'll have a different name yeah. here. But their little hatchback, which is small, like, don't get me wrong, it's a properly little hatchback. Yeah. It's probably smaller than my Mazda 2. Yep. It, it'll be between 30 and 35, is my guess. That's still expensive for a small car, though. Well, so a little Mazda 2 is going to cost you 
25. Yeah, right. Still paying overs. For, I thought they'd come in and just go boom. No. BYD. No. If right. they can get it to 30. Yeah. Well, that'll move the needle Take for sure. Money. I reckon that'll move the needle. That, that's what we need. That That's what's needed. And that will then put pressure on these other brands to say, well, you know, what are we going to do here? That's right. Because if they something. can sell, yeah. you know, thousands of those because they're, yep. they're working on a supply chain, if they can sell thousands of those as a city runabout, because that's how, our Mazda 2, it, it has left the state, like left, it went to young once. Like I drove down there because I had nothing else to drive or Canberra or somewhere. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's barely left Hornsby. It might have come here to right. your joint, right? I think I've seen it once or twice, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's so a, it left the country. It's a city. You, you drove from the country into the city, big smoke to bring that's it here. That's right, yeah. There you go, right. Um, that, that's, that's the perfect electric car. Yeah. Because I don't need, I don't know what the range is going to be, but yeah. I don't need a lot. Yeah. So well, not, not everyone's going to drive like eight hundred kilometers a day, are they? Like it's no. it's uh, what were you saying? Average every average day, is thirty, 30 to forty k's, right? Yeah, so. And it's funny when everyone chimes in, you get these people go, "Oh, what about trucks?" I'm like, "Just can you just?" <laughs> they've got there's a whole other thing coming yeah, for exactly. trucks and four wheel drives and all that stuff. We're not yeah. talking about that. We're talking about the the ninety percent of cars that live and breathe city life. So absolutely. Anyway, let us know if you want us to do it on an EV podcast. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to sponsor it, um, <laughs> who could do that? We'll have to get the heads heads thinking. Yeah. Uh, anyway, details and review. Or the Polestar uh, at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Just quickly before we wrap up, Trev, I uh, the TCL TV I had a look at the X nine two five. It was the first time I actually had to re- got to review a mini LED TV. Oh, really? I know yeah. oh, it actually the second one. I had the, got the Samsung here, so it was uh, an eight K TV, mini LED. But this one, this TV has a difference too, because it's got it's got a built in soundbar. So along the bottom yep. of the screen is an Onkyo speaker system. Isn't the and back of it just There's a subwoofer on the back as well, yeah. 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 So you reviewed the, the 925? The 9, X925. Yeah, I had the 825 a few yeah. months ago. Great, great So TV. this was like out of the box. Like first thing a company's going to do is try to upsell you a soundbar when you buy any TV nowadays. Yep. Well, with this one, out of the box, sounded amazing. So it's 8K. All the, all the features, if you're looking for a TV right now, you're thinking, right, there's mini LED. I can get 8K. Sound I've got to think about. All of those features I spoke about is in this one television. Mm. And, and TCL being a really reputable display brand, uh, really the, the mini LED backlighting system really creates great contrast, really like it's got a million to one contrast ratio or something really stupid like that. But it is remarkable picture. It's got really good upscaling too. So upscaling capabilities are really nice. Yep. Uh, and uh, really nice deep blacks, great colour. And uh, all, to, of course, running Google TV as well. So it's got this great, great functionality where you've got this really nice operating system, really easy to navigate, but it also has these great recommendations. So whatever whatever streaming services you've got, and it's got all of it. It's got Disney Plus, Stan, Netflix, you name it. It recommends across all of those in the in the platform. So you can see, oh, hang on, what's a, there's a movie here. It, it sort of it, it curated like for example is it, Oscar sorry, winning is it Android TV or Google TV Google TV yeah it's so yes. good so it says uh, it curated uh, and uh, Oscar winning t- movies and it had you know, Rocky The Godfather all they were all there and, and and whatever net whatever service needed to be it was underneath oh, this is on stand that's on Netflix this is here so it could still curate through all of those yeah so uh, yeah I, I'm really impressed with this TV it was seventy five inch it's it's six grand but in store, I think you're paying probably forty five hundred. Is what I've seen it for. So, if you want to sort of future proof your purchase a little bit, eight K mini LED, good sound, mini LEDs, all all there. Very, I think very uh, nice. It is a, a nice looking TV from TCL, the X nine two five. Check it out, techguide.com.au.
Should we have an early lunch? Yes, we're going to have an early lunch. Have an early lunch. Then we're going to go hit some sticks, hit some balls, and then next Monday we'll come back and do the private feed. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a long game of golf. We're going to play golf for four days. <laughs> yeah, but you'll. Hear I don't want to break it to you, folks, but you know Eddie Maguire doesn't sit at five o'clock every day. Yeah, that's and true. Do yeah, true that. Okay, true that. Although yeah. I've noticed it, something come he up just the other changes day. His suit, no, think. something come up the other day. It was very current. It was. Uh, it was a question about McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo winning in Monza, yes. and I went. That was what? only a month ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, was it, oh, I heard there was a question there was about a question who he drives which, which, for. Which yeah. team he yeah. but a, a week earlier. Yeah, she, she said Renault. I was screaming at the it TV. It was McLaren. Isn't it McLaren? The, yeah, the kids came running out. She said Mercedes. Yeah, I Kids know. came running out. What are you Even looking at? I know that. Mate, I watch Millionaire every day. Yeah, so do I. I have it on too. Yeah, you watch one. Tipping Points. Tipping Points before your, that. Is yes. your problem. Three o'clock, three to four. Yeah, I love Tipping Point. Good show. Tipping is that point. on nine or seven? Nine, yeah. Nine from three, three, three till four. Then there's the news. Then there's 4.30 news. And then it's uh, the five o'clock is the... Is the Eddie. Is, uh, Eddie. What do they call it? Hot seat. What do they call it? Million hot seat. Well, what would you prefer? I should go on. Deal on. I might go on. We though. should both go on. Yeah. I, I, I'd... Uh, it's I'll, one of those things where you go, I yeah. thought it was easier watching it. Oh, mate. I've been on Sale of the Century, mate. It's yeah. hard. It's harder than what you think. It's You're in there. It's different. It's a lot easier in your lounge room. Do trust a, me. Should we try and get on the same show? That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd, be That'd be hilarious. Funny. We'll do it for charity or something. Well, hang on. If hey, I win, whoa, 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 win a million dollars, you can do it for charity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me? I'll cop it. <laughs> no, you can do it for charity. You're the old man what? who's paid off his house. Come, Come on. on, mate. Not quite. Not I've quite. got a long way to go. <laughs> I'm just a young fella trying nearly to do there, his best. Mate. We're nearly there. If Jeez. any millionaire hot seat producers are listening, yeah. send us the entry quiz. Wow. And I remember the entry quiz for the sale of the century was hard. So hard. But then compared to the show, it's it's still yeah. not as hard as that. But they really put you through a tough test. To sort of see if you've it got just depends it on the day with Millionaire. Yeah, like I was watching the other day, and they were, they were nearly running out of contestants. I'm like, they're going to need to slow this down. They're they're yeah. dropping off like flies here. So when are they going to get the audience back in there? I wonder. You know what? I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Doesn't matter. Yeah, makes no difference. Yeah, the show I, I enjoy. I, I, fast, fastest finger first is that I, I always. I normally I can easily. Answer I normally tune in about twenty five past. I know. I I've. Like yesterday, I turned it on early, and Vivi goes, "What's this song?" And what's the intro? I've never seen it either. <laughs> We'd never heard the full. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever we're doing, yeah. uh, right. let's go. Play Lock golf. it in, Eddie. <laughs> this is Two Blokes Talking Tech.